Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I apologize in advance. I am babysitting my grand dogs. Um, you might hear them in the background. Um, it's grand dogs. That's what they call them. My daughter's dogs. We're, we're doing the, the, the lovey thing. So we're going to move on, and I'm going to talk to you today about two things. Um, on the back of what Lolita said, I want you to take a piece of paper. Once you, and if you're driving, don't do this. Or open up your phone. And I want you to make a list very quickly of the five people you spend the most time with. Whether it's online, whether it's on the phone, whether it's in text. But they, if you look at your day, they are the people that have the most verbal impact in your life. You spend the most time with them. And I want you to write those down really quickly. Because Jim Rohn's comment or quote, you become like the five people you spend the most time with is a really powerful comment. And I want us to look at these people because we all know that we have people in our life who are energy givers. And when we're around them, oh man, 
we walk away feeling better about ourselves, better about them, better about the world, better about our circumstances. They give us energy. And not always in the raw way. A Lolita mentioned a friend who came to her and said, hey, Lolita, I noticed this about you. I noticed you've been, you're, you've been you know, partying a little more. What's going on? And leaving that conversation, Lolita had more energy about who she wanted to be and understanding of what that means. Very, very, very powerful. So these are people who, when you spend time with them, you feel good about all the things. And then we have people who are energy vampires. And we know who they are. When we, you know, we look at their name on the phone and we kind of go, ugh, or they walk into our office pre-COVID days and we kind of brace ourselves. They're the people that when we open our email, we know it's going to be maybe a little bit of a criticism. They could be in your inner circle with your family or your mama or your sister who, who always has the let me help you improve comments. Um, that when you leave them, you just feel a little or a lot drained. You're just a little bit less confident. You're just a little bit um, mired in self-doubt. And I want you to put with those people, I want you to put a negative sign next to their name. With the energy givers, I want you to put a positive sign next to their name. And you might have a few that are neutral and just put in equals. Like you're you're kind of on par. They don't really drain you. You have to deal with them in life. Um, they're in your circle because of um, responsibilities or proximity, but they're not really influencing you in a positive or negative way. And the reason I want you to do that, I'm going to give you just a few minutes or a few seconds because we're live and, you know, on-air things with dead spots are never a good thing. So as you do that, I'm gonna to talk to you about why that's important. We can control so little in our life. The big myth is that we have control over other people, circumstances, um, I mean, we know we can't control the weather, but we have this myth in us of being able to control things outside of our control. I love the serenity prayer that says, God, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change to change those that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And when you think about that, what we really can change is us. We can change our habits. We can change our thoughts. We can change our attitude. We can change the people who we surround ourselves with. We can change what we expose ourselves to. You know, Lolita mentioned a little bit ago how she drove to Richmond to go to the Lion King, to be in that place where they're just so, it's such an exciting, exhilarating moment. She changed her location. She drove far, far, two hours to be there, to support Darian, to, to fill her cup. And so I want you to think about this. We have so little control. And I don't mean that to be a doomsdayer, but we can control ourselves, our attitudes, our actions. And so today I want to talk about that with you because this is how you are a best friend to yourself. We're going to get there. Um, but this is how you look at the friends in your life. Okay, um, there are people in your life that shouldn't be in your inner circle. And Lolita, Lolita called it the change train. I look at circles and, and you can do this as well. Draw a circle. We're gonna come back to your energy vampires and energy givers in the middle of that paper and put me in it. One of the biggest lessons I learned and I learned this from my husband actually. And then I went out and looked at the high performers I work with and it was true across the board. Everyone who was achieving what they want in life whether it be great relationships, great wealth, great health, um, impact, philanthropy, whatever it was, they had a very strong sense of self. And this lesson I learned from my husband was um, they put themselves first, not in a selfish way, like with selfishness is a bad word, but in a self-responsibility way that said to the world, if I don't take care of me, if I don't invest in me, if I'm not first in my life, nobody else will put me there. So what does it mean to, to be first for you? So you're in the inner circle, okay? We spend the most time with ourselves. And I'm going to unpack that. If you think about it, we talk to ourselves the most. We believe what we say to ourselves the most. You know, you are the center. Now, if you have a faith, um, I have a deep faith, and, and my faith in God is also in the center with me. That is, that is the core of who I am. But I'm talking about the you self you bring to the world, which may be, in, you know, if you have a deep faith, infiltrated with the faith and what you believe there. But I'm really looking at who you are as a person, your thoughts, your attitudes, your actions, your choices, because that's what we get to control. Okay. Then I want you to think, sorry, I just got a, somebody joined as a listener. Um, then I want you to pause and I want you to draw the next circle out. Who in the next circle, who's in your next circle? these close five people. And here's the dilemma. People always go, but Susie, some people are the people I live with in my family and some people that I work with. And back in the day when we had to go to the office and that may be coming again, they were really people we spent hours with. 
in proximity. But I want you to think about these five people as influential people in your life. People who you talk to, people who you spend time with, people who you do life with, okay? And you can all, I mean, the word people matter. And I want you to think for a minute about those people and I want you to put them in there. So that could be family. And then your next circle out could be friends. And then you could have, you know, workers, you know, worker, workers and colleagues. That's the word I'm looking for. And then you can have just acquaintances. And I just want you to have that kind of mapped out. And I want you to think about that as we talk because our friendships impact us immensely. And some of the people, you know, I have a couple friends who whenever I'm with them, and it may be only once or twice a year, they impact me very deeply. Being with them fills my cup. It gives me, you know, aspirational, motivational, inspirational, educational insights that help me be a better version of myself. And so while they might not be a common, you know, often person, they are an impactful person. Okay. So these are things we want to aspire to. Who do I want to fill that circle with? That's going to be a really important question I want you to ask. And if you go back and you listen to the podcast from this morning, that has been a question that has been a through line through this morning's topics. You know, who are you letting in your inner circle? Who are you letting influence you? I want you to think about this for a minute. The people you are surrounded with, my guess is you have about the same fitness level. You have about the same finance level. You have about the same um, ambition level. You have about the same relationship level. If they're overweight, you know, you may be overweight. If they're really fit and they're working all the time, you may be working all the time, all the time because we want you to be with and be like the people who are closest to us. It is a pack mentality that comes from evolution. So look about, look at that. If you are trying to up-level your finance game and everybody you talk with is struggling with their finances, my guess is you're struggling with their finances. If people aren't talking about long-term wealth, if they're not talking about the big the bigness of investments and a richness of life versus, you know, the next thing they're going to buy. My guess is, and I'm going to stand pretty strong on this, is you are very much like them in how you spend your money, in what you own, in where you live. This really came to me um, at a time when I was looking at my belief system, my faith belief, my political belief, my raising children beliefs at a time in my life after I went to seminary. And I realized that so much of what I believed was what I had been told and taught by people who were in that inner circle. My parents, my pastors, my, my friends who went to the same church, who lived in the same place. And I realized that at some point I had stopped evaluating and I had just been, I wasn't even becoming, I was just being what was in, what was around me. It's a lot like the fish in the water, not even aware of the water. And so as we talk about, you know, this idea of girlfriends, best friend, or boys, boys friend, man friends, best friend, you know, looking at who you allow in your life is essential. It's essential. And if you don't like who you are, look at who is around, around you. Now, as I said, when I commented in Lolita's segment, you don't need to break up with all these people. You don't need to go to people and go, hey, your lifestyle and your eating habits don't serve me, so I'm not going to hang out with you anymore. No, you take responsibility for who you are and you go to the restaurant and you order something that fits with your priorities. You don't need to make these blanket statements about them you need to pause and look at yourself. And this is not just you, all of you, me, we. We need to pause and look at ourselves and go, what am I doing that is doubling down on who I'm becoming? And is it moving me in the direction I want to go? Or is it moving me in the opposite direction? Are these friendships actually increasing my value, increasing my influence, increasing my insights, increasing my intrinsic self-worth? so that I can go and be who I've been called to go and be and do what I've been called to do and make the influence, have the influence in the world that I have been called and, and deep in my heart is, is burning to come out. Are these people, those, those people? Somebody said, um, Leon Brown said, your circle of friends must match your own aspirations and your own dreams or you will find little support when you need it most. Now, so be very strategic about who you pick to allow to speak in your life in different areas. And, and you may look at me and go, but Susie, I, you know, my, uh, I have family that I, you know, we do the family dinner every Sunday, or my spouse isn't on board with my entrepreneurial dreams, or, you know, I'm wrestling with this piece, but these are my people. Like, they're in my world whether I, you know, because that's what we do. I'm not saying stop going to see your family. I'm saying put on your armor and be really strategic about how you are around certain people that you just can't get off your 
your change training. You can move away from certain relationships. People will get the message. But if you cannot move away from them, if there's somebody at work, if there's somebody in your family, if there's somebody you're related to, you can change your interaction. I literally had a client uh, I, I spoke with yesterday. And she is a brilliant entrepreneur. She's in a startup. It's going to um, take the world by storm. Um, check it out. Oh, I can't tell you what it is. That'll blow her cover or her identity. All right. Um, but she has won awards in South by Southwest. She's got incredible backers and she's coming out with a product and she has left a job as a, a, a big kind of CEO job to start this business that she's passionate about. And her parents have a very different opinion about what she should be doing. And then they, you know, they've been very close and, and they have a lot of comments. And as she's growing in her role as a CEO, she is aware that some of what they say to her isn't helpful. Now she's not going to break up with her parents, but we talked about boundaries. We talked about the fact that she can say to her parents when they make a comment about what she's doing or her business partner or what they think about her latest choice. I said two things, but one, stop sharing. When you go around people whose input you do not want on a certain subject, stop talking about it. You know, stop talking about what is going on. And so that's the first thing. I'm going to come back to that. The second thing I said to her is when they make a statement, you are welcome to say, you know what? You're, you know, I'm not, I really don't want to talk about this business anymore, business anymore. It, it's not helpful to me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to discuss it with you. And so I, I made her write that down on a card. I said, you, you know, you're a grown, grown woman, plant your feet on the floor. You're a grown ass woman, put your shoulders back and say, you know, mom and dad, these conversations aren't helpful to me as a CEO. And so I'm just not going to discuss this with you anymore. It's just better for our relationship if we don't. And so um, I said, once they say, well, well, why? Why, why, aren't, why? why aren't you going to discuss it with us? I said, you say to them, you know what, mom and dad, as a CEO, these business discussions with you just aren't helpful to me right now. And so I'm just not going to discuss them with you anymore. Well, how come, Sally? All, all my people are called Bob or Sally because I protect the identity of my clients. Well, how come, Sally? Well, mom and dad, these discussions about my business are just not very helpful to me anymore as a CEO. And so I'm just not going to have them with you. I said, you repeat the same sentence three or four times and they will get the, the hint that you are not going to dive into their questions. You are not going to explain yourself. You are not going to justify. You've drawn a line in the sand and you said, you know what? I'm just not going to talk business with you anymore. Let's talk hobbies or weather or siblings or projects or memories of when we were younger or tell me about you. But we can talk about anything but this because I am no longer going to have these discussions. And what I said to her, Sally, is you take all the responsibility for not having those discussions anymore. And every time they bring it up, you draw that line again. And what I said to her is prepare yourself for them to huff and puff and try to blow the house down, but you are taking accountability for you. You are taking control over one of the very few things in your life you can take control over, which are your actions and your attitude. And the choice there to not get into the justifying, not explain, not, not convince them, it's like, this is my choice, okay? And I think when we, I know when we begin to do that, it's uncomfortable. It's like stiff jeans, I call it. Back in the old days, you couldn't buy acid wash jeans. Flash your mic if you remember having to put your jeans in the dryer with things to soften them out. Thank you, Tariko. <laughs> because you didn't buy softened jeans. And so what I say to people is any new habit, any new behavior is like putting on stiff jeans. You got to break them in. You got to get comfortable. The first time one of my clients did this, they came home shaking and they called me that I did it. But man, I was sweating and, and I was nervous and my parents, you know, pushed back until the fifth time I said it. And they said to me, you're really not going to discuss it with us. And she said, no, thank you for respecting my boundaries. And then changed the subject. And she said, it was like a new person, a new relationship was born because they realized I was not going to bend. And why I'm harping, not harping, why I'm leaning into this so much is because we like to blame the problem on others, uh, me included. Well, I got into an argument because they said this and I said that. They said, well, why not, Sally? Why aren't you letting us, you know, be involved in your business anymore? And I made the mistake of going, well, mom and dad, you don't have the experience I have. And then we got off on a train that said, let me tell you about my experience, young lady. So whose responsibility is it to end that conversation? Hers. Another one of my favorite boundary examples is this one. One of my clients said to me, you know, I'm on vacation um, and my clients know, and my, my staff knows I'm away. And they know that only these two things you're supposed to call me about. And they keep calling me. And she messaged me this. And I said, stop answering. Stop answering. Unless it's the two emergency things you're supposed to be talking about, stop answering the text in the Slack group. Like, 
be take responsibility because every time you answer, you say to them, I'm available. And when you don't answer, they're going to go, oh, she really is on vacation. So I say this to you to understand that your, your power in this moment with the people in your life that may not be helpful to you is, is great. You can make the changes. And some people will go with you and grow with you. And some people will roll, roll their eyes and be upset and tell you you got above your raisin or too big for your britches or who do you think you are? And you thank them nicely and you move on. You move on into people who actually have your back, who want you to grow, who will grow with you. Okay, so that is really important when it comes to this idea of a circle of friends. If when you look at your paper, you have all minuses, <laughs> you know, step back and go, who do I, who am I looking for? What kind of friend do I want? I remember um, years ago when I was building up a sales career, I was in sales for a while and I have a very strong personality. I have a very assertive personality. I have been around the block a couple of times. And one of the people in my circle who was kind of, you know, helping train me um, was not wired like me and I intimidated her and what she began to do was slowly erode my ability to um, get promoted in, in the kind of circle of people. You know, I, I wasn't given opportunities to speak or to do what I knew I could do. And I began to realize how that impacted me. I began to question myself. Should I, maybe I'm not, and not question myself in the way of I need to grow. I think we always need to have multiple coaches in our life and, and, and a close friend who will tell us the shiz. They will look at us and go, you know what? You really are off base, or you really are thinking too highly of yourself, or you are fooling yourself. And so this wasn't that kind of person. This was a moment where it was, you know, I, I just felt like I was banging my head against a brick wall in this sales group that I was in. And suddenly I met another sales lead like me. And oh my gosh, I will never forget the day she said to me, I get you. Let's run together. And she was my person. And over time we became friends and we became actually best friends. And she's one of those people who's like, I get you. And I remember sitting with her and going, oh my gosh, I wish I had been friends with you so much sooner because I spent my life trying to be who they think I should be. And I keep failing because who they think I should be is not who God made me to be. I am not demure. I am not quiet. I am a bold go-getter and I will go get and I will go give. But in certain set settings, that is not welcome. And so I need to change my circle. And it was such a empowering place for me. And it's what I longed for my daughters to learn young, our son to learn young, all of you to learn if you're younger. If you are under 40, after 40, you stop caring a little bit much. By the time you're 50, you really are fabulous and you know it. But if you are under 40, what I want to say to you is the faster you can get out of what they think of me and, and begin to say who cares and let them, whoever with them is go, the faster you will get to who you want to be the faster you will grow, the freer you will feel because everybody has an opinion about everything. They might not be sharing it with you. They might be quiet, but in their minds, they got their thoughts. And I don't know who said this, but somebody wise said, what other people think of you is none of your business. I want you to go back to that inner circle of me. What do I think of me? What do I say to me? What do I believe about me? And from that place, I'm going to grow and I'm going to evaluate and I'm going to look at the circle of the people around me and I'm going to surround myself and spend more time with and let the people who are energy givers, who see me beyond where I am today, who are part of my vision and aspiration, I'm going to let them be the people who influence my life. I'm going to let them be the people who speak into my world, who help me grow into a better version of myself. I am going to do that. Okay, that's an important thing that you get to own. So I'm going to pause here for a minute before I go on to my next segment. I'd love to see if anybody has uh, comments or stories or insights into this idea of, of your circle of friends. Monica, I see you coming off your mic. You can go first. Good Lord, I've been clapping like a crazy person over here. Um, what a wonderful conversation because I, I really want to point out something that you said, which is what do you think of you? And this goes to- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Two things in my mind. Number one is owning your part in any situation. 
and what expectations you hold. So what I mean by owning your part is looking at what part are you playing in this situation that make is making you feel bad, which is what you just said, Susie. You're allowing these conversations that disempower you to, to go on, first of all. Secondly, you're having potentially, and this happens a lot with family, a lot, because our family is the, the social circle we're born into. We don't have a choice about it. So we have this attachment, this natural attachment to wanting the approval of family. But we have this expectation sometimes with family and close friends that these people are going to be a certain way, even if they've never shown a pattern of being a certain way before. We have this optimism and this hope and this expectation. Well, maybe if I say this one thing, that'll change them. That'll change their attitude. That'll make them more supportive. If I just share one more time. And what I told my one of my clients recently was, you are looking at a cow and you're expecting it to bark. And at some point, you got it. I did, this is a thing that I've been using with my clients forever. When you look at a cow and your expectation is that if you just keep asking that cow, it will one day bark. You are the dumbass, not the cow. This is Monica and I'm done. <laughs> Monica, I love that. Okay, I'm going to highlight two things. The first I should have that on, 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 on uh, airplane. My, no, anyway, my apologies. You need like to pause for a minute in this, whatever the this is that is allowing it to go on. That's so profound. And one of the things that I love about that is it makes us take responsibility and accountability for what we're allowing. Absolutely. That is huge. That is huge. The second thing she said that I, 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 I will use this analogy. I will credit you, Monica, is. I want you to pause and look at your list and go, who am I looking at that really is a cow and hoping that they will bark? Because that's never going to happen. And if I can give you any um, affirmation is that I, I can promise you in all my years on the earth, I've never seen a cow bark. My husband was raised on a farm. I've never seen a cow bark. And so what we do that Monica said that's so important to understand is we think if, just one more thing. What can I do? What's the problem with me? And the reality is there is no problem. There's no problem with them. There's no problem with you. They're just not a cow. And so if you can begin, go ahead, Monica, were you going to say something? Oh, okay. If you can begin to let yourself off the hook, that is so powerful. Go ahead, Monica. Susie, what you just said is also, um, I'm going to follow on to it if I may, um, is that it's important to let people be the, be cows and not expect them to be dogs, right? It's, there's no judgment involved. It's uh, one of my clients said she was with her family over Mother's Day and she, she was, had said that she thought her, her company was going to hit like a million and a half in revenue this year. And she has a very small business and that's a very big deal. And she said, I looked around the room and nobody said anything. I didn't get anything. I didn't get, and she, I said, well, what does that tell you, Kim? And she said, I'm in the wrong room. I said, yep, you're saying that in the wrong room. And that's okay. That's all right. You don't have to hold it against them. You don't have to make it mean anything. You're just expecting a cow to bark and that cow doesn't have the tools, the ability to do it. And the more you, the sooner you accept it and move on to a, a fields and rooms full of dogs, you'll get all the barking you want. Well, and I love that you said that. I'm going to highlight something. That's not the room to share it in. It doesn't mean she leaves the room. That's her family. That's mama's day. Mama's day. You're with your mama. If you're, if you're blessed to have a mama close by and alive. Um, and, and so you're going to be around her, but that's not where you share this news because they have no capacity to bark. It's not that they just, they can't see it. And so this is where it comes into this taking responsibility for ourselves and becoming profoundly aware of where, of, of the circumstances and situations we share, which parts of us. And I want to, I want to say this, this is not being inauthentic. This is being aware and accountable to yourself and your growth. It is not inauthentic to not share parts of your life with people who don't know what to do with them. That's okay. I have a, a sibling who is very much thinks all of this growth stuff is woo woo and doesn't understand. And I'm going to go back to what Lolita said. All of this personal growth will make you a more wealthy, healthy, happy business owner, a wealthy, healthy, happy person in the life, in your relationships. And it matters. And they're like, you know, literally I went to an event one time and they said, Susie, can we not talk about any feeling stuff? 
we just want to play games and, and chill out. And I was like, okay. So as I watched them get angry, as I watched zingers go across the room and passive aggressive stuff happen, I sat there and said nothing. And I played cards and I had a great time with them on their terms. Because my terms were, I will not engage where it's not wise. That doesn't mean I have to leave because I love these people. But I have to be willing to engage where they are and what they need from me. And that is an act of service. So I want you to hear that. You can go to Mother's Day and not talk about your business. It's okay. But make sure you have some people in your life who are absolutely throwing you a virtual party, if not a real party, that you're going to cross a million this year. It's so interesting. Um, one of the companies I'm, I'm a partner in, a marketing company, we did a million dollars in 90 days. And I remember having this conversation with somebody and they were, they were so incredulous. They couldn't believe it. They, and we did work really hard. There was a season of extra work and they talked all about balance. And I, I'm all about having a very well-rounded life. But in this season, when we were, we were pushing for this goal, um, I got the, are you resting? Are you taking care of yourself? What are you doing? Are you sure this is what you want? And I stopped talking about it with those people. And I called my, my one of my old business mentors and I'm like, you're not going to believe what I'm a part of now. Thank you for the coaching you gave me. And he was thrilled. Way to go, Susie. I saw it in you years ago. How can I support you? Let me know when, the, when you're done with this marathon. I, I would love to just hear how it went. There's a choice there. There's an accountability there to myself to know who I can talk to about what. So on that, I'm going to change here for Susie, a few minutes. Yes. This is Tariko. I just want to jump in real quick. Listen, I'm sitting here and I'm listening. And, uh, and, and earlier you were talking and you were saying how important it is for us to understand uh, the power we have within and how to how to protect this power is what I hear you talking about when you're talking about this list. You know, I'm reminded of being 19 years old and having one of the hardest conversations I've ever had to have. And that was with my, my dad, where my dad, I heard him when I was younger, make a statement to my mother. And that statement that he made was that he didn't want a baby. And I heard that and sat with it for years. And so when I was not seeing the man that I wanted as a father in my father, I took some personal responsibility and I remembered that statement. And I remember sitting one day, Susie, and deciding, wow, my mom was just unwilling to hear his mm -hmm. truth. He told her that he didn't want to be a dad. Now I've experienced this and the mistreatment from him and he's shown that he didn't want to be a dad. So it was important for me to accept his truth that he didn't want to be a dad. And so that conversation mm. at 19 for me, Susie, was very straightforward with my dad. He, I said to him, I said, Dad, you know, over the years, I've been expecting you to be an apple when you're an orange. And the truth of the matter is, is that's not fair to you. Mom expected the same thing for you to be an apple when you're an orange. And so I was waiting on you to be an apple. And then it hit me that you never was an apple. You never was an apple. And it's unfair for me to sit around and wait on you to become an apple when you're an orange. And no matter what I desire, no matter what I want, you'll never be an apple. And I said, so I release you from me sitting and waiting on you to be something that you're not. And I don't want you to think this is like hatred. It's just me accepting your truth that you never wanted to be a dad. And I'm not going to be hurt. I forgive you because your mom had a one night stand. You weren't expecting her to get pregnant. She did though. So I accept your truth and I'm going to move forward and look for men who can give me the things that surrogate fathers and people who can pour into me. And I want to say to the people in the room, Susie, I want them to recognize that this, we go into stores and we go to the apple farms, and you look for the best fruit. You look for the things that you love the most. Well, I want you to do the same within yourself. There's this beautiful passage in the Bible that says, guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. Well, we miss that moment 
and the opportunities we have to put up a guard, Susie, to put up the right guards so that our heart is protected, so that we have the right flow. That guard is about you uh, being accountable to the blood flow, what's flowing into the chambers of your heart so that the right thing flows out of your heart. And so I want to talk to the 85 people that are here with us now and those that are going to listen. Make sure that you have the proper guards and you're telling yourself the truth about who is on that list so that you can level up and you can move towards what it is that you desire. There are 10 million teens out there that I'm going to impact. Why? Because I decided that's what's in me that has to come out of me. And it's all about what I expose myself to, the people that I connect myself to that will cause or not cause that to happen. But because I'm accountable for picking and guarding what is in my space, then that becomes the determination. You are a specialist on being you. And if you have not become a specialist, then it's time for you to specialize in you. Back to you, Susie. Tariko, I broke my mic applauding. I have tears in my eyes here. Um, there's so many things you said that I, I want to make sure people heard. Thank you for that beautiful and powerful share. Um, it's so important. You actually told a great story to illustrate the, you cannot ask a cow to bark. And it doesn't matter. You said, it didn't matter what I want. And I added, it didn't matter what you did. I'm going to release you from wanting, from waiting on you and wanting you to be something different. And if you take that, that, that story, friends, and you make it really granular in the areas of your life, you feel thwarted or frustrated or unsupported by friends and you take responsibility and you go, I'm going to stop expecting you to be something that you're not. And I'm going to honor what we have here because so many times when I work with clients, these aren't the people that you can distance yourself from. These are your closest blood relatives, your circle, your family, your spouse, you know, your boss, your coworkers. They're people that you have to be in proximity to. But what Tariq said about guarding your heart, I love that version of the scriptures, my friend. I love it. You get to guard what gets in. You get to have that Colgate shield around you. Back in the day, Colgate had a shield around your teeth to help your teeth, you know, not get the creddies on them. But you get to have that, that Teflon that says, I am not going to allow that to come into my flow because I am so protective of what flows out of me. And then he said, become a specialist in yourself, become a specialist in yourself. And I'm going to take these, these next few minutes and I'm going to talk to you about how to be your own best friend, how you become a specialist in yourself. My sister said to me one time, Susie, if I don't believe in myself more than anybody else, then I'll always be second because I'm not going to be anybody else's priority. I've got to be my priority. And again, not in a selfish way, but in a self-fulfilling way of what you were created to do. I believe in the, to the deepest core of my being that we all have a divine spark within us and that we are called to reveal a piece of, of, of the, the God of the universe to the world that doesn't know that only we can reveal. And so if you aren't being you, if you are trying to be who they expect you to be, if you are trying to justify who you are with the people who will never hear not because they're flawed, no judgment here, but because they're cows that won't bark. I mean, all of our clubhouse, we're going to talk about cows that don't bark, thanks to Monica. You're going to walk into a room and you go, oh, these are cows. I'm just going to sit here and, and enjoy, enjoy cows, no problem. But man, later in the day, I'm going to find me some dogs that bark because I'm a dog that barks. And you're going to begin to feel so much more settled in your soul. Because you know who you are, you know whose you are, you know who you're going to let into your mind, your heart, and to impact what you are going to do. In German, there are many words for friends. When I was in seminary, I had a friend, Julie, and she was uh, German. And she said to me one day, um, you're my Freund. And I said, what? And she said, in German, we have many words for friends. We don't call our coworkers Freund. Freund is someone that you would eat dinner with that is in your emotional inner, in your circle. There's somebody that knows you, that's been to your home, that, that is part of your world. She goes, we have a word, word for coworker. We have a word for acquaintance. We have a word for becoming a friend, levels of friendship. And so when you, when I say this to you, this is a very powerful word. It's a very special word. And she goes, it, 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 it you know, it, it's perplexing to me that in English you have one word for friend. Because I'm a friend that is your, you know, study partner. We're becoming really close friends. Um, but, you know, the friend that's in the, 
in the classroom that you're having a discussion with, you'll, you would introduce as my friend, my friend Zach, but that's not the same kind of friendship. I was like, right. But if I said to somebody, this is my acquaintance or fellow student, Zach, it would sound really weird. And it was this interesting thing of looking at the levels of friendship. And so I want you to think about what we've talked about, but I want you to pause for a moment. And I want you to think about becoming your own best friend. How do you be a friend to yourself? Because one of the things Lolita said that stuck with me was, was this, was being a friend to yourself. Was treating yourself the way you would treat your friend. And so I'm going to give you this acronym. I love, I love uh, uh, alliteration, three C's to this, four A's to that. And I love acronyms. And so I'm going to talk to you about grace. And I'm going to give you um, something for each of these letters. Grace upon grace is one of my favorite statements. I live by a standard of grace, not perfection. I have been surrounded by the grace of God. I have a tattoo on my wrist for the word grace because grace is undeserved. Grace is unmerited. Grace is an awareness of who we are created to be by the divine creator and that we are special. We are beloved. We are unique. And we are put on this earth to make a difference in the world. A million teens, 10 million teens, I think Tariqa said, 10 million teens. What is your calling? And to get to that calling, you've got to be a friend to yourself. You've got to be a best friend to yourself. And so this word grace, give yourself grace. If I say that, if I had a nickel for every time I said it to my clients, and I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking CEOs. I'm talking people running billion dollar businesses. I'm talking people who are in le levels of politics that I'm not free to share. I'm talking about companies where I can't, I mean, like we're not talking about, oh, grace, this, this meek, really word. I'm talking about grace to the CEO who blew a big deal and is beating himself up. And I say to him, what does grace look like? You're human. You've made a mistake. Now there's ramifications, but picking up a bat and bludgeoning yourself doesn't have to be one of them. So stop. So the word grace for being a good, good friend to yourself is first for G. I want you to begin to think and live in gratitude. Gratitude for how you are growing. Gratitude for who you are. Gratitude for who you are and for how you are growing. And gratitude for what is happening in your world. We you know we throw around this word thankful Thursdays and every Thursday I really try to pause. I try to do this every day, write my gratitude journal. But on Thursdays I pause and I, and I have a friend who writes a, Michael Guthrie, who writes a blog, thankful in all things. And on Thursdays, because it's a hashtag thankful Thursdays, I stop and I think about the things that I don't feel thankful for, but I want to be thankful for, or I'm choosing to be thankful and grateful for. Um, many of you have heard my story about being, you know, having a debilitating chronic illness to the point where I, I couldn't walk across a parking lot without stopping to breathe. And I had to pause in those years and go, how am I thankful for this? So gratitude for what's happening, but even more deeply, gratitude for who you are, the uniqueness, the wonder of you, and then gratitude for how you're growing. I sure hope I meet somebody you know, who knew me then in five years and they can say to me, gosh, you've grown, you've changed. And usually we hear it like this, you've changed. You've changed. And, and, and I want to go, thank you. I've worked really hard to change. I've outgrown some things and I'm growing into new things. So when you are grateful for who you are and how you are growing, it is easier to give yourself grace in the midst of reaching your goals, working toward your goals, living your life. The R is for respond. It's really important. And I want, if you take nothing else away from this, so many gems today from the shares. Respond to yourself in the manner you would respond to a friend. I have never said to my friend, how could you be so dumb? How did you miss that? Why did you say that? But man, I've said those things to myself. And in those moments, again, you pick up the bat, you bludgeon yourself. You beat yourself up. That's what I was doing. I have a whole thing about stop playing whack-a-mole with yourself. Whack-a-mole, that game at the beach where that whack where that mole pops up and you have a bat and you're hitting the mole and the more you hit the mole, it goes back down. The more points you get, the more tickets you get, you get the carnival prize. Stop playing whack-a-mole with yourself before, if, or catch yourself in the middle of it. If I would not say this to my friend, I will not say this to myself. That is a standard I give everybody. Respond to yourself 
in moments of trouble, problem, blew it. I've blown it so many times. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Michael Jordan is about how many times he's failed and that's why he succeeded. Don't beat yourself up. Respond to yourself internally in your mind self-talk and even out loud with how you would to a friend. I made a really big mistake in business the other day and I said something that I probably shouldn't have said. I should have kept it and held space and I let um, my emotions get the better of me. And when I was off the call, I was on myself like white on rice. Susie, you know better. Susie, that was so dumb. Susie, you just blew it. And I began to shred and beat myself up. And I was like, wait a minute. If this was Sally, what would I say to Sally? I'd say, Sally, you're human. Yeah, you made a mistake. We don't have to sugarcoat because you made a mistake. Let's name you made a mistake, but you made a mistake because you're human. You didn't listen to your, to your higher self. You let yourself react versus respond. That's okay. What do you need to do to fix it, to make it better? And how will you learn from this? That's what I would say to my friend. So respond to yourself in the way you would respond to a friend. Start doing that. Catch yourself and say out loud what you would say to a friend and say, Susie, you blew it. That's okay. You're human. You're not perfect. We're not expecting perfection. What happened? What can you learn from this? How can you let it go? And how can you move forward? Begin to say that to yourself and you will be able to live with more grace. The A is for accountability. We have to be accountable to ourselves. We have to keep the promises we make to ourselves. If you have made a commitment to get up and have a morning five routine with Breakfast with Champions, don't let yourself off the hook. Do it. And the night before when you want to stay out and party or you want to stay up and work late and you know you've got to get up at five in the morning the next day, be accountable to yourself and say, nope, I'm going to be done. I'm going to go. I'm going to close down because I need to be up at five tomorrow morning because I'm accountable and keeping the promises to myself. A lot of the reasons we're hard on ourselves is because deep inside we know when we let ourselves off the hook. We know when we break promises to ourselves. We know when we haven't been our best self. So be accountable to yourself. Keep promises to yourself. You know, I talked earlier about going to going to um, the restaurant and, and you have friends who don't eat healthy. And you go and you're like, oh, it's just one meal. I'm going to go ahead and have the whatever fried chicken and, you know, deep fried potatoes or tomatoes or Twinkie, deep fried Twinkies. You know, um, I go to fairs and I love funnel cakes. I love funnel cakes, right? So it doesn't mean I don't never have them. But if I'm on the summer and it's my third or fourth day at a carnival in a row, I better be accountable to myself because I choose to eat healthy and I'm not making a healthy choice. And so staying accountable to yourself is hard. Because it means you live with discipline. But when you are accountable to yourself, you can be more gracious with yourself when you do blow it. And you can give yourself grace to change your mind. Always and never are terrible words. Don't use them. Never use them. <laughs> but be accountable to yourself. Keep your promises to yourself. So gratitude for how, who you are and how you're growing. Responding to yourself as you would respond to a friend. Being accountable to yourself keeping your promises, living with the discipline of what you want more than what you want now. C is to cultivate a practice of positive self-talk. And this may seem redundant, but I'm going to go in and tell you that you believe yourself more than you believe what anybody else says to you. Over time, what is said to us becomes grooves in our brain and we begin to make it our own messaging. So pause and listen to what you say to yourself. One of the things for me, I was raised in a pretty conservative religious um, uh, upbringing and women were not supposed to speak up in front of men. And I remember being in seminary and I was leading an initiative and I walked into the room and they were, and the room was full of like 10 men for this, this project I was leading. And I had this moment of, Susie, you probably should turn this over to your co-leader, who was a man, because women shouldn't lead. And I caught myself and I went, wait a minute, where'd that come from? Wait, that's not truth. I've been equipped to lead. This is my project. I'm going to lead this. I can do this. Positive self-talk. Be accountable to yourself, but cultivate a practice of positive self-talk. And by cultivate, when you think about a garden, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and forever do self-talk right. You cultivate, you grow, you plant the seed, you water it, you weed it, you watch it grow, you talk to it, you, you, you help this little plant grow into this beautiful, you know, tomato. I'm growing tomato plants right now, tomatoes, so I can enjoy beefsteak tomatoes in the summer. But I'm cultivating these tomatoes. Cultivate the practice of positive self-talk. Catch yourself 
you can stop in the middle of a sentence, go wait. And I literally, friends, I do this. For a long time, I did more often. I've got, I've cultivated this habit now, but I will say to myself, wait, I don't talk to myself that way anymore. And I change what I say right there. So let's go back to that example I made. Um, Susie, you made a mistake and you, you do know to respond versus react. And moving forward, let's work on that more. It's okay. This will be fine. And I say it out loud versus the beating myself up. Positive self-talk in the morning. Do your affirmations. Who do you believe you are? What are your aspirations? Um, I am are very powerful words. They speak into existence being I am. So practice self-talk. Cultivate a practice of self-talk and you will be able to live with more grace. So we've got gratitude for who you are and how you're growing. Responding as you would to a friend and are accountable to yourself with your promises. Cultivating a practice of positive self-talk. And then the last one is E, embrace the wonder of you. And that may feel really touchy-feely, but friends, let me tell you something. At some point today, look in the mirror and think about the fact that there's only one you. There's only one you living, breathing, walking on this earth today with your unique story, your unique gifts, your unique style, your unique uh, shortcomings, your unique foibles, your unique quirkiness, your unique humor, you. Embrace the wonder of who you are. There is no other you. Conformity is not what you're looking for. Be uniqueness. There's a whole hashtag of you do you. You do you, girlfriend. You do you, man. You do you, bro. And, and as much as we say that, I want you to pause and go, wait a minute. You do you. Because if you don't, someone will miss out on your amazingness. Someone will have a gap in their life. Someone will not get what you were meant to give. I spent a long time in my younger years trying to figure out who I was supposed to be. And I was looking for mentors and trying to figure out who I was supposed to be. And I would pretzel myself into whoever that was supposed to be. And I failed miserably at being who they were. And I remember one day God gave me this vision of Susie, you're like a pot on a stove boiling and you cover it up and you try to keep the boiling down, but eventually the pressure cooker explodes and out comes the real you. And that's what I want to see. And there will be people who don't like it and that's okay. And there will be people who adore it and want more of it. And that's who you be with. And so grace upon grace to you, my friends, I want you to remember this. Um, practice gratitude. Be grateful for who you are and be grateful for how you are growing. Respond to yourself in moments of struggle or hardship or mistakes as you would respond to a friend. Be accountable to yourself. Keep your promises to yourself. Cultivate the practice of positive self-talk and embrace the wonder of you to live in the grace that you deserve. With that, I'm going to open it up. Any thoughts, any stories, any places where you live in grace, I'd love to hear from you. And Kimberly King, I see you next to me. I would love to have you weigh in on this if you are available. Kelsey, go ahead. You go first, and then we'll see if um, who else. And then I see Mary Lynn. Kelsey, Mary Lynn. Hey, Susie. Hey, I'm so happy the app is working this week. Um, so, yeah, I love the fact that you brought up this conversation because it is something that I have definitely been cognitive of lately as far as self-talk goes. Um, because, I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in a little season of change right now, and we forget how we talk to ourselves really dictates our day, dictates how things go, what things move forward, what things don't move forward, and just our general outlook at things. So I have been very, very cognizant of my self-talk lately. You know, we are our own worst critics, but making sure that I, if I do get really critical of myself, I stop and I say, wait a second, you are in a season of change. This is new, unnavigated waters. Let's just give ourselves some time to figure it out. I don't have to be perfect all the time. You know, I think especially as women, um, but my family was a very political family. So I grew up in a realm where perfection is the only viable option. So now taking a step back and saying, no, Kelsey, like, would you talk to your best friend like that? Would you talk to your nephew like that? Your sister, your brother, your mom, your parents, your grandparents, would you let yourself talk to them like that? And if you would not and should not do that, why would you let yourself talk 
to yourself that way. So just keeping that in mind, but I love that you brought this up in the conversation of self-talk because I think it's something that is overlooked and undervalued in a lot of people's eyes, but definitely something we need to be way more cognizant of. So thank you so much for letting me share. And back to you, Susie. Love that, Kelty. And, and you know, one of the things I get asked often is how does all this personal growth um, impact you with business? Why, why is this important in business? And I'm going to posit and argue and debate till the cows come home um, that who you are and your personal growth and how you talk to yourself and what you're investing in will absolutely impact whether you succeed in business. So thank you for that, Kelsey. I love that you're in a growth season and that you are talking kindly to yourself um, because that will make a huge difference. Mary Lynn. You're going to talk to yourself till the non-barking cows come home. (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) Um, well, I was just going to share quickly, you know, um, I moved from St. Pete to Tampa. I had lived in St. Petersburg for 48 of my 53 years. And when I left there, I left my friends too, because there was no growth. I was in the same friendships with people from high school and stuff. And and in some instances that may be good, but these were not healthy relationships because I wasn't as healthy. So while I find myself, I won't say friendless because, you know, I consider many of people here actually friends, and, but I find myself with an opportunity to rebuild um, true, better, more healthy friendships. And I'll use your grace because I really think that strikes home for me. I have to be a better friend to myself first before I can be a friend to anybody else or expect any healthy friendships. So thank you for letting me share. Today's really been awesome for me. I appreciate everyone who spoke today. Thank you, Marilyn. I, I love that you're finding new friends and that you're letting yourself grow beyond the confines of what quote unquote, you used to be. That's, that's so important. And yes, I have met friends, business partners, uh, you know, dear, dear people on who people have become dear to me on clubhouse. And it's been a really great opportunity. Again, really quick before I call on Kimberly, I'd love for you guys to connect with me on Instagram. You have to just go to the link at the top. Um, that's the best place to do that. And Kimberly King is somebody I met on clubhouse, but I know we both talk about how we were destined to meet. And so Kimberly, are you back at your phone? I know you were away from the actual phone and you couldn't get to your microphone. Um, if you are back, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because you, you exude grace. Oh, thank you so much, Susie. And yeah, I had stuff to do and I saw you were on. So I made it a point because I always appreciate, um, the blessing of the conversations you bring and all day long. It's been really I've appreciated this as a central theme. And uh, I smiled so many times as you're speaking, Susie, because even amongst ourselves, when you and I would speak and we'd catch our language with ourself more than once, um, I'd say something and you'd stop me and, and help me hear what I just said to myself and vice versa. So as we're talking about befriending yourself it's also important to be friends with people who will reinforce that for you that's a great blessing and an important thing to cultivate to use the word you said earlier and you know uh, a best friend is someone that you can be honest with and rely on whether it's crisis or blessing time, and that will stand by you with patience, with integrity, including telling you what you need to hear, but always with that grace. So we don't often talk about being the source of that for ourselves first and foremost. And I know for sure that as we cultivate that in and for ourselves, it flows from us to others even more generously. Um, I'm surprised to perpetually learn that it is sometimes easier to give that grace and generosity to someone else and to me last, but it continues to be a source of strength and opening when I learn to give a portion to me. Thank you for modeling that um, today and in our friendship too, Susie. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you, Kimberly. And yes, to all you just said, that's just so beautiful. And 
giving grace to ourselves and learning to do that and the grace we give other people, man, again, it's such an important lesson for me that I have to remember every day. And so I just, I'm so grateful for all of you who have been part of this conversation, who've contributed. One last story I'm gonna tell you um, before I hand this over. <clears throat> I had um, another, one of, my, one of my best friends' name is Julie. And one day I was really, really struggling with how I totally had messed up with my daughter. You know, it, it, I don't care how much money you make, I've made a lot. Uh, it's the relationships that matter most. And I had blown it with my middle daughter who I'd been working really hard to build a better relationship with. And I called my friend Julie and I was literally, you know, beating myself up on the phone with her. I should have done this, if I don't do that, how come I can never get this right? And she paused and she took a deep breath and she said, Susie, be kind to my friend Susie. Will you be kind to my friend Susie? And that's what Kimberly just talked about a minute ago. Are we willing to say to other people, hey, don't be kind to my friend Monica, be kind to my friend Kimberly, be kind to my friend Pauline, be kind to my friend Queen Bee, be kind to my friend Coralie. Be kind. When she said that to me, it stopped me in my tracks. She would never say to me what I was saying to myself. And so when she said, be kind to my friend Susie, that stuck with me. And it began to kind of seep into my soul. And I began to catch myself and give myself a whole lot more grace. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.